This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Evolve by Erica, the podcast. I am Erica Pulsinelli, your host, here to talk about all things 5D, spirituality, meditation, ascension, and beyond. I am so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello, guys. It is golden hour right now at in the at-home office. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it's just like so much sunlight. Um, I know that to be cohesive with all of my other podcasts, I probably should have gone to the same spot and put the perfect lighting on. But honestly, what's more beautiful than nature? And you can enjoy that energy and that beautiful energy with me right now. So I wanted to take a moment to introduce this episode. It was a live podcast recording at Showfields at my most recent event. And I made a promise to myself in January that this year I would get out of my house more. And um Initially, my intention was to meet up with people and socialize a bit more, um, meet up with other people who inspire me in the community and other people who are in wellness and have their own businesses and are teaching in um, a similar way that I am. And I very quickly realized and learned um, after my first event of the new year that was in Cold Spring Harbor, that this just wasn't about me personally and in my personal life uh, or um, as a quote unquote business owner, but also me as a teacher and how special and important it is to be together as a community in person the energy is unmatched. And I started my practice online and I think it is the best thing ever because it's with us wherever we go. And um, I personally, I mean, 99.999% of the time, I prefer to be within myself, whether it's for my workouts or my meditations. So I love having access to our app and our community online and being able to connect with people from all over the world. And At the same time, it is so important and powerful and special to get together in person as a community. So you are about to tune in to the conversation that Jen, Evolve member, and I had at Showfields. And um, just to tell you a little bit more about that decision, it's I really allow spirit and my guides, the universe to guide me through every decision I make for Evolve. And Jen was actually interviewing me on her podcast and the download came in as like, oh, Jen's going to join you at Showfields because I already had the event booked. And just like that, I asked her on the spot because my intuition always guides me the right way. She happily and excitedly accepted So I was so grateful to have her there, Jen. Thank you. And you guys can actually tune into her YouTube channel or her podcast. Her podcast is Dare to Self-Care and her YouTube channel is Jen Lauren, I believe. She does great things. So now you're going to tune in to our live in-person conversation. It was so special and I am just so excited for so many more in-person experiences to come. So enjoy the show. 
everyone. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited to be here. We're recording Erica's live podcast. This is the first time we're in person for her podcast. And just a little brief intro because we want to get into the meat of the conversation. But I am a YouTuber. I'm a podcast host of Dare to Self Care. I have a full-time job. I do all the things, which is what led me to Erica's practice of Kundalini and Something about it. I mean, I've tried meditation before. I've tried breath work. Breath work was the only thing I liked. But once I found Erica, she has just this magical way of approaching something that can seem so intimidating like Kundalini and making it fun and approachable and accessible. And it's just something that's gotten me to do it every single day. And it's truly, I hate to sound dramatic, but changed my life. And we'll get into that in the recording. But that is why I'm here um, she was on my podcast the other week and we just, every time we podcast together, we like our energy is just bouncing off the walls. So she was like, will you please do this? And I was like, I will do anything for you because you changed my life. So <laughs> Erica, <laughs> thank you, Jen. Thank you for being here. And thank you guys for joining us this morning. I'm so excited. This is something very new for me to do a live podcast event. And I'm excited that you wanted to join. Um, I started podcasting, and you really helped with the start of my podcast. Um, I want to say over a year ago when I was leaving my job, my full-time job as an elementary school teacher, special education teacher, to follow my passion and my dharma, which is sharing this practice, which has done so much for me, which we're going to be sharing a lot about. And... Um, yeah, so I started then and usually I podcast in the comfort of my own home and it's like cozy and I channel and like who knows what comes out of me, honestly. It's just like, whoa, okay, here we go. But um, I'm excited to do it live in person with you and then at the end we're going to do a guided meditation. But we want to talk a lot about today leaning into that inner voice and expanding our intuition and using that to guide our wellness in this new year. And a lot of what my practice has brought me is truly living in a flow state where there's so much less resistance, so much less chaos, so much less indecisiveness and more flow and more knowing. And I was on Jen's podcast as a guest and right then and there, I knew I was doing this event, but the details weren't clarified yet because I really allow spirit, my guides, the universe to guide me and get clear on every move I make. But all of a sudden it came through and I was like, oh my goodness, Jen, I have an idea. And I'm like, I should probably wait and like think about this before I just like tell her that we're going to do this. And I was like, no, that's my intuition's here. It's telling me and we're going to do this together. So I'm so excited to be here. Um, as I started to share, I was an elementary school teacher. I struggled a lot with anxiety and very intense panic attacks. And I knew that I needed a change in my life. And I was really at a fork in the road where um, I didn't know what that change would look like. I knew I needed some type of intervention. And the practice found me by popping up on my social one day before everything was popping up on our social that we thought of. Like this was back in 2017. Um, this practice of breath work, movement, and mantra popped up and I was instantly guided to it. And that was the first time I really heard my inner voice of like, you got to go for this and just do this. I actually consulted with one of my spiritual friends who is a guide to me, Victoria. And I was like, do you think 
like, should I practice this? Because I was still in that state of like not knowing what my intuition sounded like. And she was such a guide for me. And before she could even answer, I was in it. And I just knew I was pulled in. I practiced um, a breathwork technique for three minutes and I instantly felt the biggest shift I've ever felt in my life. And I remember thinking to myself, this is what calmness must feel like because it's foreign to me. I never feel that. I'm always in fight or flight. And I said to myself, well, if I could feel this good right now on my first day of doing this, I'm just going to keep going every day, a little bit every day. And it was three to five minutes every morning. And it really completely changed my life. So I'm happy to share it and to guide you guys through a breathwork meditation after the podcast. Just by a show of hands before we get into the podcast, how many of you have tried breathwork, maybe kundalini, chanting mantra? Yeah, some of us. Okay, amazing. Beautiful. And if you haven't, it's perfectly fine too. I actually love, I'm so passionate about introducing people to this for the first time. What's so cool about that too and your story and how relatable it is, is there probably is someone here who also stumbled upon this by chance and it might change their life too and it like gives me chills because I feel like we all just stumble upon practices like this that change our lives. So I want to talk about before you stumbled upon it, what were you struggling with that made you feel like, okay, I need something. I don't know what, but I need something for a change here. So I had recently moved in with my now husband. He was my boyfriend, fiance at the time. Um, and I recognize he, he lives in very much in the present moment. And I recognize that not what I was experiencing wasn't normal. Although my family struggled with anxiety and very anxious thoughts, always worrying that didn't have to be my normal. And he was kind of a snapshot of that to me. And it kind of um, took me out of myself and allowed me to have more awareness over the struggles I was experiencing. And, um, I was, I was also seeing, and it's the universe plans so much around us and in front of us. I was seeing some of my friends set intention for their life and go after what they wanted and use the energy of the universe to support them rather than getting in their own way. And I kind of had this aha moment of like, oh my goodness, I'm actually, if I sit in this frequency any longer, I could potentially attract exactly what I don't want because that's where all my energy is going and that's what I'm focusing on. So I kind of had a few realization moments of, wow, I can really make a shift here and I'm open and ready for it. What's interesting to me is when you don't experience the practice yourself yet and you're seeing your friends who seem so spiritually guided and all of that and you're like, but I just like I want to believe in that and I want to have that, but I don't because I don't have, you know, the evidence yet. What was it that made you realize, you know, push back the skepticism and push back all of that and just try it out? And what was it about the experience that you were like, oh, this shit works? <laughs> Really good question. I feel like I was always very open to, well, this kind of unpacks a lot. So a lot of my anxiety was around health anxiety and completely giving my power away that like if I visited a doctor and they told me something like that was the end all be all. And I started to 
explore things like The Secret or Abraham Hicks. And it really caught my attention of like, wow, we could possibly have a lot more power than what we've been led to believe and what our generations before us have believed. And as I consumed these very high vibrational resources, texts, audiobooks, I started to really um, lean into this idea. And it was almost, I always say like, I really tried all of this out as an experiment. So I said to myself, I'm like, okay, people are living by the law of attraction. Let me try this out. And what's the worst case scenario? So if I go on thinking like, everything's working out for me, everything's going to work out, I'm going to attract all that I want, everything's going to go smoothly. The worst case is maybe that doesn't come true, but I feel good in the present moment because I'm believing that it would. So I started it as an experiment, truly. And I was like, let's see if this will really work, kind of like testing it. And soon enough, like you just start to see so many signs, so many synchronicities, and that's what pushes you along. And sometimes those signs are like jaw dropping. Like, are you kidding me? That is no way a coincidence. That is actually insane. And then you get used to it. You expect it. And you have like this friendship with the universe and the universal energy, whatever you want to refer to it as. And you're like, you really are there for me angels, guides, spirits, whatever it is. And you see that more and more. And the more you believe and the more energy you put towards it, you truly see the rewards. I think we had a similar experience and I'm sure a lot of people here have where you start a practice. You're like, I heard this is great. I heard this works, whatever. And you don't really know what you're doing. And I know we've both experienced this. We're like, I don't know what this is, but it's working. And then once I learned more after practicing it for honestly a while, I learned more about the science behind it. And I was like, wait, this isn't just me believing in something. I am physically altering the state of my being and like enhancing my electromagnetic field and, and the spinal fluid and like all of these scientific terms. And once I learned that, I was able to tune in more, dive in deeper because I knew that it was quote unquote real. So can you talk about some of like the science behind what we're doing when we're practicing Kundalini? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it's true. There were so many days where I was chanting a mantra and you guys will do that later. So get excited. Um, I was chanting and I'm like, I literally have no idea what I'm saying, but this is working and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to lean into this. And that's actually why I ended up going to training. Um, my intention was not to teach Kundalini or be a Kundalini yogi and share the good word of yoga and all the practices. It was to actually learn what it was I was doing that had such a profound impact on my existence and my experience, like truly life-changing. And once I got there and started to learn all of this yummy, delicious stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is something that needs to be shared. So I truly believe that science is catching up with the metaphysical and everything that we're experiencing energetically, but everything is energy. And when we are breathing, we are tapping into our nervous system and our nervous system is in charge of every other system of the body. So the benefits that I've personally experienced in the digestive system because of my meditation and in oh my goodness, my heart, I would have so many different things going on with my heart at so many different times in my life because I wasn't able to get a handle over my emotions, my feelings, and get out of fight or flight. So the this gets very interesting and detailed, but 
our nostrils are basically an input station. And based off of how we're breathing in, it is signaling to the brain what to do. So we can all take a moment right now actually to close off our left nostril and just take a few long deep breaths through the right nostril. And then just relax the hand down and see if you notice any shifts. So right nostril breathing is to help us bring in energy and energize our body and our minds. And then if we switch and close off the right nostril and take a few deep breaths through the left nostril, that's to really activate the parasympathetic system and completely calm ourselves. So just take a few deep breaths there through the left and see if you notice that shift. And then you can relax the hands down and just observe and feel, taking a moment to pause. And it's actually the same thing for the palate of our mouth. So when we chant mantra, which I will be honest, I thought was very woo-woo when I first started, especially in training. I was like, I'm here for the breath. The breath makes me feel buzzy. I don't really want to chant these words that I don't know or understand. And um, what I've started to learn and experience is that our palate is also an input station to the brain. So what we're saying and how we say it is tapping different parts of the palate to signal what to do for the brain. And different mantras have different um, meanings and intentions. So I'm always playing them. And there's a mantra for just about everything. But there is so much science. And I did experience it before I actually knew the science of it, which is cool in a way. Sometimes it's frustrating because I just want to be like, no, no, you don't understand what's happening to me when I'm meditating. Like I feel my energetic field charging and I feel my aura expanding. But there aren't so many ways to actually measure that and show that and prove that. But when you experience it, you feel it and you understand it. Totally. And there's like so much science that we can't even, we don't even have time to dive into at this moment. But does anyone else feel like when we just did, like, I feel like I have a little superpower, like I could do before a job interview, before anything, like you could just do that for 20 seconds and alter, physically alter the state of your brain and your body and your anxiety levels and your stress hormones. It's truly incredible. There's no reason not to try it out. Um, One thing I wanted to really talk to you about is tapping into your intuition because that perfect timing because I wanted to add to that. So of course. So for me, I used to be the most indecisive person and like big life decisions. I just couldn't. I didn't know what was my gut, what was fear, etc. Now I'm so not indecisive. And if I am, I know that if I just tap into one of, you know, the meditations every single time without fail, I come out with the answer. And that's on like being consistent and whatnot. But first of all, what is that? How are we tapping into our intuition and how can we strengthen that? So going back to the prior question of the science behind it, this is a practice that helps you to actually activate the glandular system and stabilize hormones, balance hormones, and secrete different hormones. So 
Sometimes in meditation, I'll ask you to have a specific eye gaze or a specific mudra. And this is working with the body through the breath, through the mantra to help you activate different glands in the body. And two of the glands that we work with very closely are the pituitary and the pineal glands, which work together to activate our intuition. And you may have noticed, and you could even raise your hand or give me a little wave if you have felt any sensation at the third eye point or even in the back of the head or the center of the head as you meditate or as you also like as you have a conversation with someone where you feel really tapped in it could happen then if you listen to something that's a very high frequency you can feel it in different parts of your head and the practice helps us to activate those glands so that we can have access to our intuition our intuition can be clouded by so many different things the environment being one things that we eat and ingest being another but we can help to clear that out through the things we consume and also through the practice and we can decalcify those glands and have them pumping this beautiful juice so that we can activate that that sixth sense that we truly do have. And that's our intuition. And it's true. We're able to be so much more decisive because we feel that guidance. And there are specific meditations you can actually do for your intuition as well. Which is what I love about your platform specifically is I feel like when I wake up, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. Like, what am I feeling today? Do I want to manifest? Do I want to tap into my intuition? Like, it's truly incredible because for me, I get like bored easily and I don't want to do the same thing every day or feel forced to something. But Kundalini's fun. It's like you're tapping into your superpower. It's incredible. And also, I feel like I just need Erica with me at all times because anytime someone asks me about the science behind Kundalini or like what is happening or they're skeptical, I'm like, all I can say is there's science behind it, but I don't know how to verbalize it. So I love having you here and actually being able to talk about what exactly we're tapping into. What other benefits other than the intuition do you find that a lot of Evolve members or yourself experience from the practice? So the first thing, when I first started practicing, I was there just to get calm and grounded. Like I just wanted to truly survive and not have panic attacks. Little did I know this would open a whole different realm in Pandora's box and I'd be quitting my job and doing very, um, I don't know, very just living a very different life than I had before. So calmness is one. You're calming down the system and you're able to breathe into the body and release any energetic blocks that may be there. And it is typical for people to cry or get emotional in some of the practices. Sometimes the first time people will be like, I'm so sorry, I'm crying and I don't know why. And that's because we go through a lot in this life on earth and especially right now in the times that we're living in, there's so much going on and we store things in the body because everything is energy. So our experiences and our emotions can be stored and that can really block us from being and tapping into our highest self. So through the breath, through the movement, and that's what's so so powerful about this practice is it really is a combination of breath work, movement, mantra, mudras to help bring up this energy, clear it out so we can be more in alignment with our highest self, our truth, and have very clear energy centers. A lot of people say that they're much more patient. I love when the moms tell me, like, I have so much more patience and energy because we all want to do our best for the people that we love. And um, it's so, I think it's so hard to find time for yourself as a mother and then seeing the benefits of it and how like taking that time for yourself really impacts everyone around you. Um, more focus, 
more uh, access to just your inner wisdom. And in the beginning, I would also say, I would walk around being like, I got a new set of eyes and I'm accessing more of my brain. And people would be like, what is this girl on? Like, seriously, what is she on? I'm like, no, seriously. Like, I am accessing more of my brain. Like, I feel it. And we are, we're turning on, we're accessing the gray matter and dormant DNA within ourselves and literally turning ourselves on in so many more ways than we have. And it sounds wild. Like when I say this to this group, I'm like, I know it sounds wild. And that's why I'm here to tell you it's wild and it works and it's that powerful. So how do you use it to navigate change? Because mm. we're talking a lot about, which I actually want to dive deeper into the past and storing yeah. trauma in your body. What about when there's new change on the horizon? Really good question. So our ego, we all have one, and it does not want to change. It is very comfortable being and doing whatever it is that we're doing in this present moment because it's comfortable. And the practice helps you to eradicate your ego. There's literally an ego eradicator. Um, and challenge your ego and push yourself past a point of comfort so you get into that more uncomfortable state of being so that you can think clearly and you can be challenged physically and know that in any uncomfortable situation, you actually have tools to find comfort. And that's, that's the breath. I use that as the breath. So when I ask a class or a session, whoever I'm with to do something really challenging and it feels too hard and you want to give up, in that moment, you go back to your breath and you find the comfort and the peace that the breath brings you. And you're able to almost like shift or like crack a frequency and enter this new state. And we take that off of our mats into our life. And when we're going through change, change is uncomfortable. And when we're going through change, we're able to think about the time that we have on the mat and use that as our superpower. And it's already there with us because of the power of the practice. And it helps us to just flow rather than resist and control. And I think that's a really big part of change. Um, we want to have control over a lot. We literally can't control anything except our own energy and our reactions to what's happening around us. And the more we humble ourselves in that, the easier life becomes. And then there's a specific meditation for change. So there's a specific meditation that you could tap into if this is a moment, a pivotal moment in your life and you're going through a lot of change. There's a meditation that you can do for 40 days that will better help you to navigate the change by challenging the ego. So when we're speaking of uncomfortable emotions, I know a lot of us, like the most fun topic is manifestation. Obviously, we want to think about how we can create our dream lives. And Sometimes with that comes clearing uncomfortable emotions. And sometimes I know I do, and I've heard feedback on the podcast, people asking questions, grappling with, I'm trying to feel these positive gratitude emotions so that I can manifest, but these uncomfortable emotions keep coming up because I'm trying to move past stored and past trauma. How would you respond to someone who's like, I'm trying to manifest and feel better emotions and high vibe emotions? How would you guide them to move through the discomfort to then get to that space? 
I think a really big piece of manifestation is simplifying it and feeling good in this present moment. If you can find something that will bring you peace, that will bring you ease, maybe you just move into contentment first. So there's actually a scale. Abraham Hicks shares a scale of emotions and show, it shows the frequency of each one. And contentment is somewhere in the middle, um, lower middle. But we can't go from grief into absolute joy, exhilaration, and happiness. We can't go from fear into love, acceptance. There's a scale that we need to move up towards. So I think being easy on yourself, finding the tools and the resources that help you to just feel peace in this present moment is truly the first step. And maybe that's just by taking a deep breath. Maybe it's by listening to a song, not even mantra, a song, a mainstream song that you love that brings you joy. Maybe it's dance. Maybe it's just going for a walk or sitting in the sunlight. So just finding these little things to bring you peace in that present moment is number one. And then from there, as you move on, gratitude is a really big part of manifestation. So take, and that also helps you to be in the present moment, taking a moment to look around, thinking about what you're, grat you're grateful for in the here and now and allowing that energy. It's not here. And I think that's what some people make the mistake of like, oh, I, I wrote down my five things of gratitude. That's wonderful. That's the first step. But did you feel it in your body? Did you feel that happiness, that appreciation, that deep sense of gratitude in your cells? Because that's changing the body chemistry. And when you bring it into your body, that's where you start to create a different frequency. And that's from what you attract in your next experience. Okay. So then if we're diving deeper on gratitude, how does, first of all, how can we tap into gratitude every single day? And how is that changing your brain chemistry? So a way to tap in is by visualization or just thinking of a few things that are you're grateful for. And like I said, that next step is really bringing it into the body. And if you can't feel it in your body, that just may mean you need to move some energy out to create space for it. So there I would re recommend maybe um, the Fab Five of Cat Cow, Ego Eradicator, a few different exercise series to move the energy out. And once you get to a state of feeling peace, you can welcome in gratitude, bring it into your body through visualization, through writing it down. I love journaling and that's how my journey really started as well before I even knew how to meditate or what to even do for meditation. I would just write, universe, thank you so much. And by saying thank you, you feel grateful. So just by saying, writing, thinking, thank you universe or your higher power or just thank you or I am so grateful for blank, that's a way to bring in gratitude. And like I said before, everything has a frequency and gratitude is a very high frequency emotion on the scale. So as you think it, as you feel it, that's how it starts to shift your field. It's so true because I've done the five minute journal for maybe four years now, but I think the first two years before I understood the importance of gratitude, I was writing it down, but I wasn't feeling it. And now that I tap into it every single morning and make sure that as I'm writing it, I'm feeling it. I just feel every single day after doing consistently more of an appreciation for life. And obviously, let's be real here. We all have moments of anxiety still. We all have moments of negativity and where we're not feeling grateful in the slightest. But to have this practice to come back to is everything. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, or sitting here and they're like, okay, what is Fab Five? What is Ego Eradicator? What, like this all sounds great in theory, but what are we talking about? What are we doing? 
where would you have someone start? Can we like talk about kundalini yoga? What What is it? So kundalini consists of mantra, meditation, movement, and breath work. And it is a very powerful and potent practice. Um, and it gets you to – it's probably – and this really describes my personality. I like didn't know what meditation was. Then I went to like the power, the most powerful type of meditation. Um, so it is a bit intense. But I do – my intention is to make it very approachable and attainable for anyone, no matter where you are on your journey. So I, I do work with people who have meditated for three years, found this practice, and they're like, oh my gosh, this took me to the next level. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, I have a lot of members and people that I work with who said I was never able to meditate and now I can because of this. So I think it calls you in. I think if you're here, you're here for a reason, um, just like the practice – found me, I think it it invites others in and it's important to do it when you're ready for it. And how do you know if you're ready for it? It's being curious. It's seeing the signs. It's ending up at an event like this. It's seeing something on your Instagram pop up um, that guides you there. So I think it's important to start by learning the mantra, tuning in with the mantra. And a lot of the times it's the mantras Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo. And we say it three times on an exhale. And what that means is I bow to the divine wisdom within. We have so much within ourselves. And right now it can be clouded. It, that higher potential energy might be stuffed down, but you truly are your own teacher. You're your own healer. And we use this practice and we come to events like this to hear other people inspire us to be and access our highest self because it's all within you. And this is just the journey there to awakening that and accessing it. Um, but starting with the mantra, and I always say if it's your first time, especially today, if you don't want to chant it, if you just want to listen, that's perfect. But as you start to chant this, you start to feel the power. Before you guys got here, we tuned in together because I tune in before really anything I do in life. Um, and we were just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it's it, the clarity, the, the hits that you get, the guidance you get immediately, it starts to become a really powerful tool that you could have in your back pocket. And then from there, starting with five minutes of breath work every morning and on the app that I have evolved by Erica, I have um, micro meditations where you just actually get right into a breath work or breath express, which is tuning in, going into a specific kundalini breath work, and then wrapping it up all under 10 minutes. So those are places where I would start. I still do the breath express yeah. and micro meditations almost every day. I so relate to people who say that they couldn't meditate before this. That was me. What I loved about it was I felt like I'm someone who goes all in and is very productive to a fault. And I think I just felt so productive. I was like, I'm getting my breath work, my manifestation, my meditation, like my mantra. I'm getting all of it in under 10 minutes at the time when I first started. And I'm still doing, honestly, like under 10 minutes a lot of the time. But it just felt like I was squeezing everything in. And now I actually am able to quiet the mind and meditate in a traditional sense whenever I want to. What is that? <laughs> so that's so interesting you bring this up. Before I found this practice, I wasn't really a yogi. I would go to Bikram yoga and go on like Bikram benders and like just go to Bikram a lot and then fall off because 
I mean, that shit is hard. Like if you've <laughs> ever done it, like it's hot, it's not that enjoyable. So I was like never a yogi. And then after I found this practice, it cleared so much space within me and it activated, it turned on channels in my body that were that were like on off, like a hard off with a sticker over it. Like, you know, those, <laughs> those switches you're not supposed to switch. There's like that sticker on it. Literally took the sticker off turned it on and I would go to vinyasa and, and have a body high after. And I'm like, well, what is this? And then I would go to a sound healing and what used to be like hearing bowls just being like hit. Now it's like a full body experience and mind experience. And what it is, is we are literally turning channels on in our body. So there's a lot stored. We're clearing so much out from this process. And then we're activating these things called tattvas, which are channels of the body, turning them on and bringing our body and the elements of the body into balance so that we could be in a state of balance to receive and to really receive all that, all the benefits. Okay. This is a question I used to ask all the time, and I now finally understand what they are. And just in case anyone else feels the same way I used to, what are chakras? Are they real? What does clearing chakras mean? I know they're real from my own personal experience. I had a very significant throat chakra <laughs> imbalance. Um, and I learned that in the beginning of my journey, before I went to Kundalini and found Kundalini, I would go to things like this where um, healers and meditation teachers would be sharing in a group setting and it would feel like the Hulk had his fist on my throat. And every time, and I'm like, oh gosh, this is, this. and just when I was in like an activated setting, I'm like, this is very unusual. And I asked one of my healers who is now my very good friend, why, why does my throat hurt every single time I'm either doing something that's activating, meditating, doing later, even doing Kundalini. And it was described to me as a throat chakra imbalance. And then I started to look into like, what are signs of a throat chakra imbalance? And went on a Google like rabbit hole. And it's like, oh yes, this describes my whole, my whole life until now, until I finally found ways to clear it. So chakras are energy centers in our body that, um, and they're usually around major organs that store energy and generate energy and can vibrate and send out energy. So it starts from the root and it goes all the way up to the crown, out into the aura. And as we start to look into each of the chakras and what imbalances can mean, we can uncover a lot about ourselves, our life, maybe the struggles or challenges we've been through, where we want to go, and some solutions to that. So for example, for someone who has a root chakra imbalance, you may feel a lot of fear. Um, you don't feel a strong sense of security or trust or faith. And the color that associates with the root is red. So eating like a beet or beet juice, wonderful for the root chakra. Eating red fruits or vegetables, even wearing the color red, um, doing specific kundalini exercises like Sufi grinds when we do really big circles to activate the root, that can help break up, release that energy and allow allow it to move more freely through the centers. And it's said that the kundalini energy, so we, we practice kundalini, which is kundalini yoga meditation, but then each of us, whether we know of this practice or not, has stored kundalini energy within ourselves at the base of our spine. 
And what we'd like to do is awaken that so we can live in this higher frequency state. And once we awaken it, it travels through the chakras and then it really lands and lives here in the solar plexus. And the solar plexus is the third chakra, which helps us to take aligned action. So all of a sudden we have this really strong sense of who we are, what we want, where we're going, and we're able to take action through that. So we could talk about chakras all day, but that's just a little mini intro. No, I could literally talk about chakras yeah. all day because I learned they're mini brain centers and they all have like a life and brain of their own connected to different energy. It's so cool. It and is. when we do the, the morning call is something that I personally, and again, if you haven't tapped into Kundalini, this might sound like, what are you talking about? But there's one thing called the morning call. And basically there's a word associated or a mantra associated with every energy center. Yes. And you're like working up and clearing it out and you do that for 11 minutes and that is the one meditation that I'm like okay like I'm sold I, yeah. I that was one of the first times I was like something's happening to me I don't know what but I'm more focused I have more clarity I can make decisions I quit my job like that <laughs> it was all because of morning call that was a crazy time um but it also allowed me to tap into my intuition yeah so I'm giggling because at my last <laughs> event, this this beautiful woman called me over and was like, um, so I think I'm having a spiritual awakening. I need to do this all the time. And I want to teach others. And I think I need to quit my job. Is this normal? I'm like, welcome to our normal. It Common is our side normal. effect makes you want to quit your job. <laughs> so what's happening there is it, it, don't worry, you're not all going to go and quit your job on Mondays. I went um, back. <laughs> but what happens is we're becoming more aligned to where we're meant to be. And life and the influences of society, the influences of our families, the influences of just living on this earth and being a human being sometimes takes us off the track of living in our dharma and our destiny and our truth. And when we start to meditate... When I first started to meditate, I actually felt more connected to teaching elementary school. Um, although I knew it wasn't my dharma, I found a new, found um, just appreciation and importance of what I was doing. I was able to be a lot more present in there after I started practicing. But so that can be a side effect as well, where you just find more meaning in what you're doing or you're realigned to where you should be. You also, I feel like, stop taking into account what everyone else wants you yes. to do because you're taking that time every single day to tune into what you really want to do yes. and recognizing, wait, is that my voice or is that, you know, my dad's voice or whoever's voice that's influencing my decisions? And it kind of gives you permission along with the community as well because you don't feel crazy anymore because you have a community of people who understand it, but it gives you permission to follow your intuition and to know that you're safe there and you're being intuitively guided. And it's just absolutely magical. And before we go into the practice, I want to share one more thing based off what you shared. Um, there, there are other voices in our minds. And sometimes I will literally now, because I have the awareness, I'm like, oh my goodness, hello, mother, you are in my mind. And that is not my thought. It's actually hers. So what the practice helps to give is awareness. It's actually considered and called the yoga of awareness because we are able to become more aware, more of of an of observer of our thoughts, of our actions, we start and it could get uncomfortable because we start to notice our own bullshit. 
and the ways that we've kept ourselves small, the ways we kept ourselves in a cycle that might not be the most positive cycle. And by gaining the awareness, that's really where the magic happens because without awareness, we really can't make a change. It's much harder to, but once we have the awareness, we're able to say, okay, I see what I'm doing here and now I'm going to make a change and I'm going to shift from there. I think that's a good place to end. I know yeah. you and I can talk for hours yeah. and hours and hours. We could keep going. But if anyone has questions, we can move into a Q&A portion. Very How do you protect question. your energy? Very good question. I actually just did a reel on this. And um, it was one of the highest performing reels because I think a lot of us who are super intuitive, energetic, and open are struggling with that in our world. Um, so the first thing that I personally do to protect my energy is get my morning practice in every single day. And going back to the mantra chant Jen was talking about before, if I feel like I, needed an, I need an added layer of protection, I will do a chant that works through the chakras and out through the aura because you're literally charging up your energy field. And you have probably felt what that feels like. Um, if you're really aligned to joy or you feel very excited, you're in a good mood, your energy field is stronger. If you're in a lower state, you kind of feel feel that shrink and you're more vulnerable. Something small could happen. You can have the biggest reaction. But if you're vibrating up here, it's like, oh, that's nothing. A little bump in the road. Let me move on. And I think that's a more tangible way to understand the field. So working with the field, um, starting the morning with a meditation, visualizing the field, and knowing that each of you have an energy around you, your aura, and visualizing that as a shield of protection. I love chanting mantra. If I'm driving or going to a place where I know I'm going to be triggered, I just know it, I'll have my earbuds in or listening to mantra on the car ride there. Ad Grude Name is a beautiful protection chant. And it works both ways. So if you feel you've already taken on some negative energy and it penetrated your field, you chant it and you feel like a million bucks. And then if you want to protect your energy from that not happening, you listen to it prior. And while you're in a situation, you could have just satnam, satnam, adagradename, whatever it may be, whatever chance you want um, as a means of protection. And crystals can also help as well. I actually have two crystals in my pocket right now. Um, I have a smoky quartz, which is amazing for protection, paired with citrine, which is like sunshine. So it's a really good combo energy. And then lastly, um, a spritz of some Palo Santo protection spray is wonderful too. You can make that on your own, um, just with Palo Santo essential oil and water and through that, there's intention there. You're taking the bottle. You're you're literally saying, I'm protecting myself right now. And that alone, with or without the protection spray, will work because your intention is behind it. I do just want to say that Erica gave me advice on this on my podcast the other week. Did that I say something different? You did. <laughs> that was more of a quick version <laughs> and something. And I actually gave it as advice to my best friend the other day. And it's something I've been really embodying. So it stuck with me. And I just want to tell you what she said. She said, if you end up, let's say, okay, you go home for the holidays and you're with your family and someone's negative energy is just like, like you said, feeling like it's penetrating your space. She said she immediately breathes out and exhales. She doesn't even inhale. She just exhales it immediately. And then she breathes in something she needs in that moment. And that is just something that I've been taking with me and I've been sharing to my friends because it's such a quick, immediate 
something that you feel like is immediately exhaling their energy away from you. And so I just wanted to give your advice. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you for that, for reminding me of that. Um, I think that that's great in the moment. Like we've all had that encounter with either a stranger in the grocery store, on the street, or our own family members where we feel their energy and it's coming in and taking that exhale helps to release that out. Any other questions? What's your favorite practice? Hard question. Um, breathwork was definitely the gateway into all of this. So that's like, I'm an air sign. If you can tell, I like to talk a lot and I'm always floating. Like I'm always up there and I don't love being grounded sometimes because it's funner up there. But breathwork really helps to ground me and bring me back to my center and here on the earth plane. Um, so I think breathwork would have to be number one, but mantra is so like cosmic and blissful. So that would be number two. <laughs> you recently got me into mantra. It was not my thing. I was like, okay, it's just music. Like it sounds cool, but what is it actually doing? Whereas breath work was more tangible for me to feel a physical shift. But recently, like ending your night and starting your morning with she has amazing mantra playlist, it will immediately shift your vibration. Any other questions? Yeah, so she's asking if other people recognize the shift. When I was in training, um, our teacher said to us, people are going to say, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, there's something different about you. It's not your hair. It's not your clothes. There's just something. And that is, we're going to tap into that inner radiance today with a meditation specific for radiance. And um, that's a thing. That's a real thing. It's your energy field and your internal energy. And yes, people definitely have noticed a shift and a difference. Um, I always joke, like my husband literally married a different person because this happened right after our wedding. Uh, but don't worry, all is well because this really, it does benefit every relationship you're in because when you take care of yourself and we take that time in the morning to clear our own shit, we're not bringing that shit into any other relationship. When we're able to clear, we're able to lead more from a space of love and compassion and understanding rather than a place of reactivity or defense or responding from a place of our wounds. So it definitely is um, noticeable by other people and the practice doesn't stop with you, which is the coolest thing. Like when I tune in every day, I know that the people I love the most are also benefiting from it. And that's not from a space of ego. It's a space from of energy and love. So when we are with, with others who may not be on the same frequency and, um, that can penetrate our energy field and we might be start to notice that we're acting differently. We're saying, let's give a really simple example of the friend who likes to gossip, right? So when we're with that person and gossip is usually like the go-to activity or assignment, it's hard. It's really hard to not succumb to that and give into that because for, for a bunch of different reasons. One, and maybe the habit that you guys establish and you might realize it's like the foundation of your relationship, which is a whole other situation. But um, also having the courage to be able to say, you know what, this conversation's not aligned for me and I don't want to to give into this, whether it's gossiping or whatever other energy. So it is challenging, but I think what we get from this practice and life as a light worker, which I know you all are, is finding the courage to realign and do what you know is aligned for you. And 
what starts to happen is in the moments where you don't do that, there's so much self-reflection and there's so much heaviness after that those moments help you to build that courage. Like you're, you just come back to yourself saying, I'm not doing that again. That doesn't align for me. It doesn't feel good. And it gives you that boost of courage to be able to say, this actually isn't working for me. And there's zero judgment on their part, you know, from you to them. It's just that this no longer works for me and I'd rather put my energy here and finding a very empathetic and sincere, authentic way to say it. And that's always my go-to, just being super authentic and honest and without judgment. And I think nothing can really go wrong from there. Any other questions? (laughs) So I actually started the year by leading a manifestation challenge. And I love manifestation. I think it's the coolest thing how we can really co-create our reality. And as my, um, you know, as we were doing these meditations, I always encourage those who are participating in the challenge to visualize what they want and bring in what they want. But this year and a lot of last year, something shifted within me. And it's coming to a state of complete surrender. Of course, I have goals that are very specific, things I'd like to achieve. I love writing goals down. But um, I really love right now coming from someone who had no faith and a serious root chakra imbalance to coming into a state of complete trust and surrender and knowing that if I stay aligned to my practice and to that feel-good energy, what's meant to come will come. That's been a really big intention for me, just staying super present and present in my practice and being able to truly um, to attract in all that's meant to come in and continuously going back to that. And sometimes when we're manifesting, we can, I, I think detailed manifesting is wonderful, but you always have to leave room for surprises from the universe or something even greater. So finding that space. Yeah. Thank you. Any last questions before we get into the meditation? So I've had, um, so Robin's asking, how do you manage the days where you really don't want to show up and do the work and do all the things? Um, I've had some, a lot of those days because we're human, we all experience them. And on the days where I don't go to my practice, I know how I'm going to be and how I'm going to feel. And having that in mind really forces me to find any crumb of a moment to get something in. And in those on those days, in those really early mornings, I will take time to just tune in, own a Mogra Dave Nemo, maybe it takes two minutes, and take a long deep breath, set an intention, and be out. So it could be under three minutes. Or if you can't even get to that, just having a mantra playing through anything that you're doing. So having something that's high frequency supporting you. So while you're doing your hair, you can just hum along. I love um, Sat Nam right now. That's like my favorite mantra right now, Sat Nam by White Sun. It's very uplifting and upbeat. And just having that support you while you're doing all the things that you're doing as a business owner, as a mother, as a wife, and all of those things um, is has been supportive for me. I think that's why I've been loving your mantra playlist, because if I do feel like I can't get to my mat, at least there's something playing that allows me to feel that frequency, even when I don't feel like or don't have time to sit down on the mat. 
And our intention is literally the most powerful thing that we have. And we can do that in any moment. So upon waking, taking an inhale and setting the intention for what you want to feel that day, you're creating that as your reality and you're projecting that out. And it could be something as simple as that. Intention is truly everything. Okay, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. It was so special to be interviewed by Jen and just to meet people in real life and a lot of new community members. Um, and it was very special. I'm actually planning another event very soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I hope that you enjoyed it. And I thank you so much for being part of this community and part of this podcast community as well as the Evolve community and coming back each week listening. And if you enjoy it, please feel free to share it, rate it, review it, send the love because it helps more people who have the similar interests to find the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. May the longtime sun shine upon you. May all love surround you and may the pure light within you guide your way on. Satnam.